Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 87 of the Archaeologist Podcast, the show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features of patches. As I call it our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico! Howdy, y'all. 48.51. I've been playing a whole lot this week. <laughs> Leg day? Hey, uh, I have no many, no idea how many hours I got since my computer's on the fritz this week, but I'm sure it's somewhere around 10,000, maybe 11,000. Yep. Powell? Uh, everybody and I got 1,200 hours. And Altadine? 2,970-something. Eh, getting close to the 3K club. Woo! <laughs> All right, so uh, this week the consoles finally got the second Dino TLC pass, though it's not up to date with the ver- PC version, which has caused some ire among the console community, understandably. In addition, Wildcard has announced that it will be doing a weekly community live stream. Uh, we'll be talking about Valve's loss regarding Australia's consumer rights case, and I, I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to uh, compare those standards to what the game is itself and whether or not Ark Survival Vault would be fall under the category of needing to be refunded. And then uh, we're going to have a discussion about bows and their effectiveness when it comes to PvP. Now, uh, all this and more later on in the episode, but before we get to do all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Malmusk123 writes... Notification Squad representing. As far as Wildcard coming down from the mountain with their new TOS... Coming from a parent myself, when I ask my kids not to be misbehave, I don't lay down knives and broken glass in their playroom. If they have a problem with people exploiting their game, they should realize they have the ability to change the parameters of the game itself instead of wasting time and hurting the community by playing the hallway patrol. So, I don't know what kind of parent he is, but I'll tell you right now, broken glass on the ground teaches your kids to watch where they're uh, stepping. Parenting tip 101. Also get social services. To- yeah. Yes, <laughs> called on you. <laughs> so, um, last week we were talking about uh, the new code of conduct. Uh, we brought up the the situation on Scorched Earth fifty one, where you know three days after the new code of conduct was posted, it, there was obvious violations that included you know the fact that cliff platforms were being placed against the border of the map. Under the map, obvious violations, and apparently there was, uh, or allegedly there was a dev, you know, watching Server 51 and seeing what was going on, but no action was taken, no one was punished, and this was just shortly after the Code of Conduct. But uh, it was an interesting discussion, I recommend people go and listen to that episode, but let's keep moving. Uh, Kibaniko Wolfboy writes, I think the problem is we try to treat this game like the new DayZ, uh, with the PvP aspect of it instead of enjoying it like seven days to die because we all know what's going to happen. All the servers are going to go down and those who are going to be continuously playing this game are going to be uh, buying servers with better management, less PvP action, and more helping of each other and it always ends up like this regardless. So, I know we've talked in the past how if Walkard doesn't really step up to take care of their official servers that the unofficials will continue to grow and grow, but I don't know. There's something to say about the unofficials. I mean, a lull period of activity on a server can cost you, on an, on an unofficial, you, do, you don't have that constant influx of new people that the officials all, all the most of the officials will have. Mm-hmm. If you're not in the top 4,000 of uh, unofficials, you're not going to see randos joining your server. And you just won't have the constant influx of life. Yeah, that's very true. 
Okay, uh, Salty Bear writes, New listener, love the show. Over 50,000 hours in ARC officials. Curious if any of you have tamed a Trudon. I know two guys that did it with Baby Gigas. So uh, when we were taming Trudons, we were using Baby Rexes as sacrifice to the Trudon gods. I think we tried Wyvern eggs. Or, I mean, Wyvern eggs. Wyverns, Wyvern too. Babies, babies, Wyvern yep. babies. <laughs> they live longer, so you can strut them around. Though, uh, Bear, I, I gotta point out, 50,000 hours in ARC... That is not possible because there's what eight thousand hours in a year. He said fifteen thousand. Fifty thousand. Or fifty thousand? Oh, I, either yeah, he's probably just joking there. I hope so. Otherwise, he's got a time machine, and I'm going to have to take that from him. All right. Uh, final YouTube comment comes from Zunit Gaming. Uh, you guys should check out. He says, "I think you guys have your information wrong on Wildcard. They actually do a lot in terms of stopping exploiters, measures, and aimbotters." The world border platform was also used by YSS first on that server, as well as other tribes for things like bird storage on SE and such. Most people that still complain about Wildcard not doing anything are just getting their info from Reddit or the comment section on Twitch or YouTube. Is the world border platform something that should be a thing? No. And neither should max range tech tapas, INI file modifications for PvP, or cock racers and cock boats. But do you really ban people right off the bat for these, or do you instead put out a statement first, then work on fixing it? Um, so, I can say from our personal experience, we've seen the devs drop the ball a lot. Uh, we had Doxin experiences, DDoSin experiences, uh, we dealt with some aimbotters, never any response from Wildcard, no timely response, nothing. There's something that's quite depressing when you have to set up a trough near your dinosaur stuck underneath the ground. So that you can feed it for the month before they'll show up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I said this before. I think one of our ideas was they should have like a police squad or someone that some team that just shows up, if, like calling nine one one to an admin response team. Yeah, basically, because I think what they have people playing dual hats or something. Because, but I, I will say this about his comment. You know, I think it's probably true that it's the negative press that we hear about, right? So the times the devs do do something, which probably doesn't make Reddit. No, it's it does the times because they blatantly don't. The, the the times they do is we always cover it. It's always on Reddit. It's always at the top of Reddit, but it's too few and far between to the point where we figured, and we've discussed before in previous episodes, these are token plays by wildcard devs to try and gain traction positive traction with the community it's every three four months where suddenly they dev wipe a a semi-large tribe or a large tribe or a very a vilified tribe and then everybody's happy about it but you know that's it nothing else yeah well perception's reality exactly that's just the way it is i mean and for everything they fix if they don't bother to advertise it no one can give them credit for it so the complaints department is always going to be uh, heard by the public. And that's mm-hmm. going to matter more than anything else. If you can't handle fixing the things that people are actually complaining about, you just, you're just not doing a good job. Right. And we're not denying that Wildcard is doing you know, what they can to stop exploiters, meshers, and aimbotters. It's just that it really isn't enough because they don't have a way to quickly respond when these guys are being caught in the act by the community. And for the most part, Wildcard wants video of it after the fact. And even then, most people don't have the ability or know what to do to record and get that inf- information. They'll get screenshots, and the screenshots aren't going to do anything for them because Wildcard really wants video. Yeah, but you're true. thinking anybody that's running a video that knows enough about video games to 
know what qualifies as good evidence is going to understand that most players are not going to be recording their sessions. Mm-hmm. They just need to it's kind of like asking for a thing you know most of your people won't be most people won't be able to give. Yeah. Uh, what was that like, Dave? I just think they need to jump in and see it firsthand instead of relying on AppFact video. They need people exactly. Like- I mean, when you've got people tweeting at your accounts for hours saying we've got aimbot is on right now, blatantly aimbotting, and they're doing it for hours on end, and they're and these and the victims are tweeting at the official Twitter account or even to the HRs on Twitter saying, "Look." On this server, we're being attacked by aimbotters. Could you send somebody over to deal with this? What is so hard about them quickly going and checking that out? Manpower. See, yeah, I we keep going back to the idea of manpower, but with all the money they've made on this game, they're t- you're still telling me that after all this time going on three years now, they haven't been able to come up with a better system and more and, and larger team. And continuously said it's not a matter of money. They have the personnel and uh, resources to do the job. Right. I mean, we're we're three years into the game, and they just spruced up their reporting system, and then reposted their code of conduct, which is pretty much the same thing it's been for the most part, with one or two little tweaks and a shiny new coat of paint. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to threads, tweets, etc. Uh, truly, your fork asked the question: Do climbing picks no longer work on aberrations redwood tree trees? And goes on to write. Just came back to Aberration after a long break, and I can't reach my tree sap taps anymore. Did I miss something in the patch notes, or is something glitched on my end? So, uh, nope, there was nothing in the patch notes. This happened, what, two patches ago? Why uh, actually, we it did say that it wasn't... Intentional, Somebody right. said that, yeah, it wasn't intentional. Yeah. And uh, it's been, been about Chris, a month. Yeah, it's been about a month. Walker Chris response, in interest, and this wasn't intentional, we'll investigate. But pretty much everyone's known this has been going on since it happened. So once again, it's like, so where have you guys been? Well, that's how long it takes them to get to a ticket. <laughs> yeah, true that. <laughs> so they probably just started opening t- tickets from about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Ah, speaking of things being taken care of a month later, um, like I said, Console got the Dino TLC 2 pass, and with it came along some of the issues that we initially saw when it came out for PC, such as the Packy Rhinoceros um, being responsible for giving people swamp fever. So, uh, yeah, according to Jen, it's not going to be fixed until they've submitted another console patch. That's pretty funny. But it'll be another patch. month. Yeah. Same with the, the mod shops, and we'll talk about this in the patch notes later on. But uh, quickly, Mon Shops, the nerf was reversed on PC just this week, past week. But it's not going to be reversed until the next same future patch for consoles, even though they just got the Dino TLC. Go figure. Ouch. Mm-hmm. So the, the issues that have already been addressed since the Dino TLC patch on PC, taken care of. But even though they got this, what, a month after us? Those issues have not been fixed. For this TLC that the consoles are getting. So, brilliant wildcard. Yes! Well, the reason they do that is because they they send Microsoft the patch. Microsoft, and it's so, Microsoft, yeah. And there's a certification It's Microsoft process. and Sony's, yeah. And for them to say, oh, scratch that patch. Here's the new patch. It'll still, like, console one and I've got but it here's, for another here's the thing. two weeks. And I've seen this happen. They submit the patch for a certification. It usually takes a couple of days. 
So for them to have this Dino, C- Dino TLC well, patch come out, they had to have submitted, what, three, four days ago at least? Well, depending on the thing, because if it passes right away, yeah, it's out there within a day or two. If it doesn't, then pretty much Wildcard has to restart. Like, when they added Tech Tier into um, Xbox, like, they just threw it in, said, here you go. But you know how, like, when you turn on the replicator, it shows, like, the orb in the middle? Mm-hmm. Xbox didn't have that for about three months because it was too, I don't know, expensive CPU-wise or GPU-wise mm-hmm. on the Xbox. But then we finally got it, but it looked garbage. And that's pretty much why Xbox, it's limited by the hardware. Right. So if it doesn't pass the certification, then Wildcard has to go back through, find out what to do, send it again. True. All right, um, so let's move on. Mexicano de Taco says, Hey, Wildguard, just because you made a new customer service policy and are working on a DLC doesn't mean you can brush officials under the rug. And he goes on to write, These past weekends since this new incident report form has been quite interesting. We've seen flying UFO cliff platforms on world borders to full-tech fobs with an unsettling amount of structured loops to now this. And he uh, posted up a clip of, uh, I believe it was the T-Tribe on... Scorched Earth 371, where shown a, an insane amount of tech structures. And he goes on to write, Wildcard, just because you have this new incident report form and you are working on the final DLC doesn't mean you can brush all this under the rug and stop actively policing your servers. Ever since Leg Day, the official player base has... Ever since Legacy, the official player base <laughs> has always wanted you guys to actively police servers. From monitoring when a server gets DDoS to checking the log when a server crashes, and to actually watch your official player streamers. This is insanity. The amount of just tech structures add up to an element cost of over 6,000 Manticore runs. God only knows what kind of structures are sitting in vaults inside the base. I'm sure we'll find out soon on Fifi's stream. Official servers won't survive another legacy where drop in tech fobs are the new norm. No one that plays correctly wants this to happen, but it's going to become a do or die. Stop being lazy because you guys have a lot on your plate. Take five minutes out of your day to actually pay attention to this stuff and act on it. Maybe I should write a third song and make it about you guys' inability to actually moderate and police your game. I wonder if he's talking about that uh game that Pepper JC I think showed. It was on Scorched Earth and it was like literally three three hundred tech behe gates just around this huge pillar. Maybe no uh this think what the clip was was just him showing a bunch of tech structures on that server to the point where it was just ludicrous how much there was that no not even a mega tribe would technically be able to do unless they were duping mm-hmm. so uh yeah but will wildcard act under this no because t seems to be an exception to the rule all right uh, i think they put in a uh sorry to interrupt the shot mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say i think they put in a cliff platform limit now didn't they or they lowered it yeah, they lowered the amount of yes. clip, uh, platforms you I mean, can place I know in that a doesn't certain area. A quarter of what we're talking about here. I just <laughs> that your this comment reminded me of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's put on our thinking caps and see if we can help Brother, who's trying to build against a Night Raider. And he writes, "Hey guys, my friends and I are starting back up from a few years back. We joined an official server, and we know what we signed up for, especially for PvP. With that out of the way, here's our situation." There's a player who rides a tan griffin who belongs to no tribe, and he has taken a liking to our crappy base. The first time we encountered him was away from our base. He pulled a tribe mate off of our bird and killed them both. 
After that, he found our base, killed our other bird, and seaford the place. Such is the game. We were discouraged, but we rebuilt. We finished our house made of stone, and we began smelting tons of iron ingots to build a metal base off-site. Later the same day, we hid all our metal and rare materials off-site. At night, he came back, killed more of our dinos. Uh, this time, he just emptied all our materials onto the ground, removed all our items, and left. Now, the, this was getting really annoying, as the dinos, especially the beaver, took so much time to tame. Now here's the deal. We had Plan X planted around the base, but he moved so fast he just avoided their bullets. He was level 99. He said he got raided and he plans to keep doing it to us. We're not so upset about what we're losing, more the fact that this guy is just dumping our materials out of storage and killing dinos because he wants to. My question is, how do you stop a single guy from wreaking havoc in our, on your base? I mean, this is one guy with a level 150 griffin, and somehow he has C4 assault rifles flak armor, the works, and he belongs to no tribe. We want to set up auditors, but we just can't seem to get our fabricator up without this jerk coming in every night and destroying it. I was personally thinking of getting Trudons and letting them roam the property in large numbers, but I don't want to waste my time taming these guys if he's just going to kill them all. We tamed some birds again, but this guy seems adamant on griefing us. We talked in global chat, and several clans came to our aid, flying around on wyverns and griffins, but they couldn't find him even moments after he hit us. What do you guys do to stop this kind of behavior? I know we can pack up and move, but we also have a lot of dinos that can't be moved by birds and are absolutely needed to progress. Whole bunch of traps. I was going to say traps, especially narco traps. If you if you can get into those narco traps and you have like a turret right next to it to kill him while he's knocked out or a bear trap to kill him while he's stuck, it's one guy. So it's going to throw him off pretty bad. And you could hide the bear traps so he doesn't see the bear traps. There's several mm -hmm. YouTube videos out there that you could like place them inside uh, foundations and they still activate when somebody walks over it. So if he's like running past your Z plants or whatever, um, just lay down uh, bear traps for him and that will stop him and then get killed. Yeah. Otherwise, you could also they could also take a gamble with rafts, set their smelting and storage on a raft. Throw it out against the world border, and uh, that'll buy them some time, so long as the lead doesn't come by and kill it. Well, there's also uh, some... I don't know if they fix this, but I've done this a few times, like, way back when. It's uh, kind of build in the front of the raft and kind of, like, out a few walls and then mm. bury that inside of a rock. And the only thing you would see is kind of, like, where you hold the... I would call it the motor on the boat. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, all you could see, like, sticking out of the rock. So if somebody was actually, like, searching for it, wouldn't see it. But I did that way back when, when I was solo on official. Just hit mm -hmm. everything in storage boxes and just pushed it into a rock. And it's pretty well, much unratable. I, I love doing that. I used to do it a lot. The reason I don't know if that would work good in this case is because... If they sink the boat, he's not able to get any of those mats, which is kind of cool. But it sounds like he's not interested in them anyway. Right. And I doubt that this is the kind of raider who's going to go flying around the world barrier to look for boats and rafts. He's looking for land targets. Um, but I, I actually, I, I think they're on the right track. I think you make smaller hidden bases and, and stockpiles of stuff. But me personally, mm -hmm. assuming this guy is actually playing on this server, I would prioritize killing that griffin. He's got to be parking it somewhere. Yeah. I would also move your base location and then change your tribe name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea as well. I'm a big fan of decoy bases. Just big structures with nothing but little awesome. tiny structures <laughs> inside that waste time. With a note in the vault. <laughs> I used to love doing that. <laughs>
Sorry, Raiders, your princess is in another castle. You know, uh, I was subjected to a raider like this for a while, and, uh, well, I'll be honest, in the uh, in the end, my method of solution wouldn't re- uh, re- uh, really help you, but a lot of it's going to be, like like said, catching that griffin is going to the only thing that's really going to stop him. Yeah, go on the offense. Although, I mean, they're going to say, it's how can we look for a griffin if we don't have birds? He keeps killing our birds, but just get the cheapest tame you can up and running. Find that mm-hmm. thing yeah. and uh, concentrate on that. They don't have saddles, so it's going to be a pretty easy kill if you have a good, like, long neck or even a sword to stop that thing to pieces. I think the best bet is if he's not bringing that griffin to a fight or anywhere near the fight, you should have a couple guys, well, if you're catching him in the act right now, it seems like he's offline raiding them at this point now. But if, you, if you're fighting him, actually, have a couple guys keep him occupied while you have at least one other guy on a cheap pteranodon out flying around looking for the griffin. And then once located, endeavor to kill it. I forget, can you bullet a griffin? No, I don't think so. I think it can chain bullet him. Chain bullet? Okay, so then pack some large bear traps and stick it around. Okay, um, this will probably get Rico a little angry. Beat Killer says, Spinos still aren't worth using. And he goes on to write, A bipedal spino does less damage than a rex. Their semi-aquatic role isn't good either. Just use a water dino for water and land dino for land. Their movement is only good for parking. Lag, collision boxes, and map features makes their movement buff insignificant. They can run fast, and you're going to need it, because any tangle with any with an enemy, you will lose, because they have half the HP of a Rex. The race time is relatively low, three days compared to Rex's four days, but I'm happy waiting more days if the Spinal became a glass cannon instead of a glass pistol. Please change my mind, though, because I have a lot of Spinos. And there's no arguing that on the lag, the movement with the with the lag, the movement buff might uh, may not help you. So there's going to be times when it's not going to be as advantageous. But mm-hmm. it's a skirmisher, not a glass cannon. You shouldn't. You should get in, hit a few bites, and get the hell out. If you're standing there and fighting, yeah, that that HP is going to be a real big disadvantage. But you shouldn't be using it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's irrelevant. Indeed, and, and, and have... that's it. I mean, if you're using, if you're trying to use it to you know, duke it out with a Rex. It's not that the Spino is weak. It's that you're using the Spino wrong. Yeah. It's a well, skirmisher. Any dino that's specialized on land or specialized in water, of course, is going to beat out a dino that's trying to be jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had a really good discussion about the Spino in episode 82, I think, when we were talking about the impressions we had of the TLC number two. And I definitely recommend you guys check that out for what we said about the Spino. So, here's a good suggestion from Krakon. He says, Whistle all, Disable Wander. And he writes, Having to go into the menu for each and every baby dino to Disable Wander is very tedious. Adding a command to Whistle Disable Wander on nearly on nearby dinos would save players a lot of headaches. And create just as many. <laughs> Whistle commands are bad. The way they work right now is not good. It, it's annoying because sometimes if you're type doing a general message... For some reason, if you hit one of those keys, even though you've got the text box up, you'll hear a whistle and you'll be like, oh, no, did, what what key did I press that set that off? Which is really I actually had it to... happen where I accidentally uh, where I managed to J whistles once. And here's Ooh. the best part. I had unbound the key. Mm. It happened anyways. Probably after a patch where your some of your key bindings got reset. No, I checked. It was still unbound. OK. It was while I was typing. I'm not sure why uh, if it if it's just a thing or what uh, or why that happened but that was i mean that was literally i rage quit for an hour and a half before getting back into the game to fix the problem (laughs) 
I had spent three hours arranging that uh, that garage, that particular garage. Whew. That's rough. But yeah, I I actually wish this was a thing. Uh, just to disable wandering, no whistle for enable wandering. Nobody wants that whistle. But if it's just a whistle to disable wandering, I'm perfectly down with that. Now, uh, let's move on. A video posted by Mexis shows a little exploit where you can go invisible on officials. And all you simply have to do is set down a foundation with a few ladders. Have your character that you want to go invisible climb up the ladder. Have another person demolish the ladders. And then the person on the ladder jumps on a parasaur or another dino. And they suddenly become invisible to the server. And How do people figure this stuff out? I don't know. Accident. Remember occasionally something would happen with me or Serb and then we'd grab the other person and we'd try and figure out what happened? <laughs> it's literally just that, but everybody in the tribe is constantly looking out for weird things. Yeah. Now, uh, this exploit was reported by the same person who showed the video a month ago to Wildcard, and apparently Wildcard didn't do anything about it, so now they're making it public. But uh, at the very least, you can only use this for scouting a base. You can't use it to... Play C4 against a, against somebody's base to break, blow in, or anything like that. All you can do is run around invisible, not get shot at, not be seen, and just look around and see what's going on. That's still OP, especially in a fight, but it could be a lot worse. And recreating so. it in the middle of a fight is not going to be um, go your way. Uh, you, okay, maybe I'm just drawing a blank on what you just said, but can you rephrase that? Okay, trying to recreate a glitch like that in the middle of a fight to somehow exploit is not going to is, is going to. It's like doing anything complicated. Oh, in a this fight. ain't complicated. You don't want complicated. This is very easy to do. So this it, involves yeah. demolishing things, jumping on dinosaurs. I don't know. Complicated is uh, any, I describe complicated things as anything that requires as the more steps it requires, the more complicated it is. There's at least a three-step mm. problem. <laughs> it takes one minute to implement. Uh, I was about to say that's why you're on an official, but that was a thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> What? The more steps something has, the more complicated it is. It's a simple mecha uh, mechanics question. It's it's pretty easy, though. You go on a ladder, you demolish the ladder, and you walk around on a parachute. Someone else demolishes the ladder. This involves right. two people. Yeah, two people. It's pretty easy. But really, again, all you can do... I'm just remembering the times when we, uh, when we tried to have two people coordinate C4 bombing, and we managed to screw it up. So... Well, that's a whole different thing. That's well, a lot... Uh, <laughs> It's same number of steps, and it wasn't the driver that screwed, managed to screw it up. My point is, the more uh, the more steps something involves, and the more you're in a fight, especially once you get fatigue, excitement, adrenaline factoring in, and plus the fact that you can't use this to attack then, it's going to be nice in the opening thing in the fight when you're scouting them, but after that... I well, disagree. you can keep constant updates on what they're exactly. doing. Exactly, you can keep pointing out where their snipers are, where they're massing up, where they're trying yes, to move. Yes, we did that with stream. We did that with streams too, and still managed to uh, have people get shot even after being there, directly warned. He's, he's lining up somebody... a shot on you right hold now. Hold on, Rico. Hold on, Rico. There's a difference between stream sniping and being stuck to one perspective than having one guy in your team giving you up to date status on anywhere they want to be, rather than relying on one guy. On the well, stream. the one place he's in and the one place he's looking at that moment. Yeah, th that's two completely different things. Unless I'm missing something, this still doesn't seem like it's all that useful. Really? I, I find that hugely impactful on a fight. Well, it makes on servers pretty easy. Like, super easy. Yeah. Because you can run and scout naked, too. I mean, yeah, but yeah, imagine but being able to circle someone's mob the entire time they're setting it up, 
after it's set up, what they're doing, what they're moving, mm-hmm. where it's going, how it's getting there, what kind of backup it has, and what you need to kill it. Or you can set up so that you scout the entire server, know where every base is, know exactly how many turrets they got, even be able to get into somebody's base if they're leaving the doors open while they're moving in and out. Wait, so, but turrets still target you, right? No. No. You're invisible oh, to mind. the turrets. Oh, oh, I missed that. Oh, Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, this is okay, incredibly... that's, that's actually fairly handy, but the fact is, it's still going to rely on them being in the right place to see the right thing at the right time. For scouting ahead of time, yeah, it's going to be great, but... I mean, think about some of the ra- uh, some uh, some of the little raids that uh, uh, that we used to go on, uh, like with Zach and stuff, where we just zip it around a server and cause a bunch of trouble. We would have benefited a little from having extra uh, the extra recon, but the fact is, without being invisible and untargetable, we were still able to do very effective recon. Yeah, they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed, but this is not even to the level of um, aimbotting as far as advantage. Not in the term of beat of aimbot making you a one man army, but in the, from the side of intelligence and being able to know the enemy's movements right away. Like it's I said, huge. unless you've got enough people to blanket the area with invisible guys, you're only going to be able to see. You're only going to be able to get the intel that one guy can see in the place he is at the time he's there. That's all and you need. Yeah. So yeah. Well, wait. A Do you even if see his you're main lucky pen? enough that they happen to be doing something at the place he is when he's doing it. That's usually, the thing the about are, usually when it comes to fighting and attacking a base, the fighting is in one particular area. Which so is exactly can't... why I compared it to stream sniping, because that's what it is in that case. It, it when it's in really one isn't. confined area. So, so, Sean, I think you said that you can't do things like C4. Can you access inventories? No. Oh. All you can do is run around, you're invisible to everyone, and including the turrets. God, though, I imagine stalking a base where they're just going in and out of their base and you just walk exactly. in. Exactly. If you if you if you get lucky and you manage to slip inside of their base or something, it's going to be a huge advantage. But relying on luck is not the same at, uh, as it being a blanket advantage. For me personally, it is a blanket advantage. Oh, I'm not saying it shouldn't be fixed, and that it isn't uh, you, uh, that it's not definitely going to be useful to the per- it's going to give them uh, an edge. Being but unless you're going to gonna blanket the area with a, with enough guys to make sure you see the thing you need to see at the time you need to see it. It's still going to be a crapshoot as to how much of an edge. Yes, the edge now, is granted, variable. I'd send in at least five, six people who are invisible. Which, is, uh, if you're going to send in five, six people, I'm betting you're going to. Uh, I'm betting it's going to. Uh, it's going to be enough to win the fight for you. Well, if you only can send one or two people in, uh, involved. You're you're rolling the dice. It might be helpful. It might not. Yeah, but that's it like won't say, harm you though. So, a guy on a ledge with a two fifty Dura sniper rifle, it might be helpful or it might not, depending if the enemy's in front of him. Well, that's I mean, kind of my so, point. that's why I compared it to the stream sniping. There is an element of there is a large element of luck and coordination involved. That the moment communications uh, suffer a small breakdown, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's all going to hinge on a lot of factors that are outside of the game mechanics themselves. This is going to provide mechanically. This does provide the potential to exploit those advantages, and it's definitely an unfair advantage that should be fixed. But game idea invisibility stew. <laughs> to be honest, technology that makes you harder to detect it would be re- uh, d- detect by pl- other players would be kind of cool there are stuff that makes you harder to detect by dinosaurs already <laughs> yeah we need a tech uh, cloaking device is what we need personalized where we were supposed to be getting well a cloak I don't know if it was going to be personal or not but and then we'd have to call ourselves nod 
<laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Community Crunch 128 was released. They talked about the big console TLC 2 update that just came out. Though, once again, they did not get the turret update, and that's supposedly in a future update. They have yet to specify that. But uh, they also announced that they would be doing community live streams, and they write... We have some exciting news to share with you today. Beginning in May, the community team will be doing bi-weekly live streams. During these live streams, we will have Zen Row, Chris, and Jen bringing ARC news and celebrating Modern and the community as a whole every other week. We'll be playing ARC, showing off mods, and showing off your community creation for all to see. Survivors are invited to join us in the chat and sometimes even in-game to play and chat with the community team and other developers. At this time, we're going to begin gathering up your community creations to be displayed on stream. We are accepting any type of ARC-related fan art. This could be drawings, videos, build, builds, ansel screenshots, handmade crafts, anything ARC-related. We will no longer be running Community Crunch contests here on the forums. The Community Crunch will transition into being our weekly news post, while the bi-weekly streams will become our new community celebration initiative. We will instead be running contests on the live streams with a chance to win something special if your submission is the best of the bunch. So live streams. Uh, who wants to bet that it's going to be nothing more but griping in the chat? Well, yeah, you know, I watch a lot of live streams. There's no betting. There's no if. There's no question. Live streams are pure cancer factories in terms of their <laughs> chat. If you go into yeah. them, you will be infected at some point. The, the chat's going to be useless. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i i still think this is a really great idea i think it's probably going to per perhaps humanize these people a little bit more because mm -hmm. people will remember that they're actual people i don't know they are not people don't <laughs> give them that uh, uh that um I, I wonder how responsive they're gonna be though i don't know it'll be interesting we'll have to watch it i don't know unless they're experienced with dealing with live stream chats i think it'd be fun to watch just to watch them slowly crack well, having watched a few of their live streams for their announcements, I could tell you they're not really great at live streams. Mm -hmm. uh, point, uh, case in point, the Aberration announcement, where, if I remember correctly, they were like an hour and a half late for their own live stream and then had five minutes of content and then switched off the stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love it. All that right. Salty chat. <laughs> well, to be fair, they were an hour and a half late, so. Hmm. All right, let's move on. So about a week, week and a half ago, Valve lost its final appeal in an Australian lawsuit, and they'll be paying a $2.4 million fine. And um, this is over their consumer rights and the refunding policy, and uh, which prompted Valve to actually implement a refund policy back in 2015, but the suit was already filed in relation to the years prior to that. So... Yeah, they got in a lot of hot, wall, hot, hot water with Australia, and so it's not going their way. So I wanted to bring this up because there were some interesting things to test there. For acceptable quality is whether a reasonable consumer fully aware of the state and condition of the video games would find them safe, durable, and free from defects, acceptable in appearance and finish, and fit for all the purposes for which video games of that kind are commonly supplied. This must also take into account the nature and price of the video games, and any statements on packaging or labeling. So I wanted to ask, is Ark Survival Evolved safe, durable, and free from defects? <laughs> I'm just going to say this right now. I, I actually know uh, enough about uh, Straya's uh, freaking uh, consumer rights policy. Um, mm -hmm. If I were Steam, I'd stop selling games in Australia. It's not worth the risk. <laughs> yeah, I don't, 
it, it has know, nothing like, to do with the quality of the. Uh, it has nothing to do with stuff on their end. The consumer rights policies in Australia are, from a certain perspective, I mean, you, you'd almost want to have them because they're very good protection for the consumer. Mm-hmm. But by being such strong protection from the consumer, they become a potential tool to abuse product or producers of content. So. Yeah. I, I think it's awkward to try to apply consumer right pol- consumer rights policies designed for buying tangible objects to digital goods. Well, but so, here, let me I... read the rights notice before you continue, like day, okay. and then we'll go with that. Uh, they re- so the notice says when you buy video games from Valve Corporation as a consumer located in Australia, the video games come with guarantees under the Australian consumer law that cannot be excluded, including a guarantee that the video games are of acceptable quality. You are entitled to a replacement or refund from the retail supplier of the video games for a major failure and for compensation for any other reasonably foreseeable loss or damage. You are also entitled to have the video games repaired or replaced by the retail supplier of the video games if the video games fail to be of acceptable quality and the failure does not amount to a major failure. Certain other rights are available directly against manufacturers that cannot be excluded or limited. I think that language is too subjective. Yeah? Acceptable quality. I mean, we think you could do the reasonable man argument and say, would a reasonable man say that this is acceptable quality, but it just sounds really subjective. That's, so, it's pro- that's kind of my problem. It was kind of my problem with it. it it's like I said, if I were Valve, I, I just would stop selling anything that didn't have a overwhelmingly positive uh, rating consumer rating two months after its release mm-hmm. in Australia. I would literally just close down most of the store in Australia and just say, look, we, we just can't afford to take the risk. Now, I think you said Steam's current policy. Do they think that complies? Or are you just referring to the So when policy? this started, the, uh, Valve didn't really have a refund policy. Remember, for the longest time, they didn't have a return policy yeah. at all. This sparked them to finally make one. So where I'll meet them halfway uh, policy-wise is I think if a developer is making claims like, hey, this game will support 3,000 players per server and only supports two, then mm. that's got to be dealt with. But I think in terms of um, with software, it's it's hard to objectively measure quality, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I got an example for you. About six months ago, I purchased Savage, uh, Savage on a weekend where it was for sale. What ended up happening is you could play the game multiplayer during that weekend, but as soon as the weekend was over, there were no more players for it. So the multiplayer mm-hmm. was basically dead, and so was the game. I couldn't get my money back because I played for over two hours. Is that fair? Nope. Well, is that a problem with the quality of the game? Or were the servers defective? And I, you could the say the quality of the game's bad. Valve is getting sued because of the uh, because of games produced by others. I mean, their own... The, the, uh, uh, the thing I have an issue with is basically Australian law violates a lot of the user and license agreements protections. You are you are signing on to buy something you don't really know the you don't necessarily know the quality of, and you're agreeing that that's fine when you buy the game, and then this bypasses that. So they were sued by Australia because they had no refund policy. They had there needed to be one. This is one of my biggest gripes against Valve completely is that there was never a refund policy. I'm glad that there finally is one, and it took this to make it happen. So, in regards to Ark Survival Evolved, one thing that sticks out to me in this notice is that for compensation for any other reasonably foreseeable loss or damage. So, I'm going to bring up the issue of character loss. Should that be grounds for a refund? That's an interesting... Because Wildcard, for a long time, 
wouldn't replace characters. And even if they do replace characters, they do not replace the time invested in tech engrams and uh, building up your base, your dinos, and all of that. They do not replace any of that. Nor do they... I mean, that, and that's just character loss and the issues surrounding that. But character loss is essentially negating all the time you spent in that game. You just okay, wasted about, your time. Oh, wait a minute. I think it depends on the number of hours invested because it's kind of like if you buy a car and the engine blows out after 100,000 miles, should you get a refund? But then again, if you spend 1,000 hours playing the game, spend what? Let's say you spend, and it took that long for a new player who doesn't know what they're doing for the game, it takes them 500 hours to finally get into the tech and get in those tech engrams, but suddenly they lose their characters. Do you well, that's that? what I mean. It's, it should be by number of hours, because if I, if I took me 100,000 miles worth of driving, Mm-hmm. I get a refund. Right. But here, in the case of character losses, it doesn't matter how many hours you have in the game because somebody with 20 hours or somebody with 2,000 hours or 5,000 hours, the chances of getting a character loss during a transfer is risky. Yeah, that, that's why I think you need to pick the cutoff in terms of hours. Hmm. I, I'd say if you lost... See, then it kind of goes the other way. If I lost a character after 5 hours, I'll pick whoop. But maybe right. if I lost a character after 200 hours, um, that would kind of suck. Yeah. So what about people who... Loser bases and dinos due to undermeshing or aimbotting or these exploits and che- cheaters. Wildcard doesn't do anything to make up for it. Does that fall yeah, into this somewhere? I could see it very like, easily okay. qualifying somehow, and I, I'm not entirely sure it should. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I don't like... A, I'm not saying Wildcard shouldn't be doing more. I'm just saying there's a big difference between... This kind of, you know, uh, uh, complaining about consumer, uh, uh, us complaining about uh, the thing, and then saying that it rises to the level of a lawsuit. Just to beat my dead horse analogy a little bit more, um, if your car gets stolen after mm-hmm. 50000 does the car company that sold it to you give you a refund? Because no, there was def- a lot got, of theft. Uh, you have insurance. You, you had glass windows in the design of the car, so therefore they were able to break in. So I don't know, that's a tough one. No, it is, but, you know, for me, the fact that Wildcard wouldn't even replace Tech Engrams and all that, it just shows that, as a company, they don't care about the amount of time players invest in their game. I think that's a huge design, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's an actual defect needs to be addressed. That That is a problem. Right. Is it a defect that rises to the level of requiring a refund? I don't know. It's subjective. I, I think it does. The character loss issue, I think, definitely is a, a major reason to allow refunds for this game. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Uh, I mean, you've been playing it for thousands upon thousands of hours and then you lose your character. So you get your money back after having obviously not had a problem with the product for thousands but of hours. We, we, we've already seen the stories where people have lost, suffered character loss you know, at least half a dozen. Does times. that negate uh, negate the value you paid uh, you paid uh, you paid for over uh, and have been uh, obviously using for the last few thousand? It's not hours. negating the value of what you spent, but it's negating the amount of time you spent in the game. Right, but I mean that doesn't. This is a it, question it, of it's uh, one, is it worthy it's one of negating thing, the value of paying on, for the game? Hold on, it's one thing to invest all your time in a game, and then the game just shuts down because there's no longer a player base. That's completely different. But when you're losing your character, losing all your progression, losing all the time and you spent 
in that game while the game is still popular while still being actively worked on that's a huge difference i i agree it's different i just don't think it uh i just don't think it warrants you you've still played the game for thousands of hours without oh without problem or complaint so now because of one thing that entitles you to get your money back it's not just one thing rico it's the thing it's yes, your it's character thing, but the... it's all the dinos and, 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 and you have everything right, and associated with that account. It's happened to me, too, after, uh, with, three, uh, with over 3,000 hours on that character, and I lost a character. I've lost two. What I'm saying is, I don't think it warrants... I, uh, I don't think that uh, this warrants... This is the equivalent of, um, like, uh, Dragon Age. One of its things, if you completed one of its DLCs, it'd corrupt your save file and destroy everything you'd done. That wasn't caused to, uh, to return the game. Corrupted save files? Yeah, you lost everything that you've been done after you beat the game, gone through the DLC. You were talking, you know, a couple hundred uh, hours out of a game that you're only going to get a couple of hundred hours out of. If this was a systemic issue that keeps happening, then yeah, you are entitled to a refund. Doesn't matter how many I, hours I don't you think, put into it. I don't think you are. I, That's I a think bad product. Let the, me tell the, you. The, three, the thousands of hours you put in ahead of time of it not being a, a, a bad product, I, I would say negate that. I don't like that they, it needs to be fixed, but I don't think it warrants you being able to just, you know, return your uh, return the product. There was this game once called Super Mario Brothers. I put hundreds of hours into it, <laughs> and every freaking day I lost my character. Like, he was an outrage. How? And yet you uh, still kept playing it? <laughs> it didn't have yes, saves, somehow. dude. I'm the autistic one. What the hell? <laughs> See, that's How did you miss stupid that? right there. How did you miss that? <laughs> I have one more point, but it just flew out of my head after like they said that. I mean, I don't think we're going to agree on this one. I just don't see this being uh, <laughs> it, you do. And to be honest, it's, I mean, I can understand your point of view. I just don't agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, my, my problem is that the character loss has been an issue since day one. It continues to be a major issue. I think and... that almost reinforces my point because now anyone joining knows about it ahead of time and they're well, still it's not paying like... for the game. No, no, no. If you knew this is a potential like issue card... and you still put your money down. Well, hold on, hold on. It's not like there's a... A warning on the Steam page saying, warning, chances of character loss is there, so be prepared yeah, when you Fair buy enough, this game. but there are the user reviews all, uh, all over the thing because it's a Steam game. I, I consider those part of your warning. I consider I you don't. to be responsible for doing consumer research before you buy a product. I don't. And the, the normally, consumer research usually goes to uh, amounts to going to IGN or Polygon or a website to read yes, their that's reviews. Yes, people are stupid, and I don't, uh, I don't fault the companies for when someone's dumb enough to take IGN's word on a product. <laughs> that is not the consumer's fault. You trusted the sketchy sales guy who, uh, in, in the dark alley, going, "Hey, hey, I got, I got some nice stuff in my coat. You want to see it?" <laughs> that is what you just did by taking IGN's word. <laughs> what about a watch? I don't. So, to bring up leg day's analogy with the car, if your car is constantly breaking down for the same reason time and time again, well, usually a recall is put into effect if enough of those cars are having the same default and the same issue. A patch. A patch. <laughs> you gotta patch the car now. Well, that's um, just the thing. They are, I mean, as long as they're still saying they're trying to fix it, I, I may not believe them, but from a legal standpoint, I don't see cause to go after them or demand that they have to mm -hmm. refund the uh, the person who has used their product for 4,000 hours right. without complaint. So I guess I would have to agree with Lady that there has to be a cutoff point where if you spend a certain amount of hours... And then there's the problem. The less hours it is, the less justification you have to be that... Uh, uh, to 
to demand a refund. Mm-hmm. The only people that really are justified being angry enough to demand one have put so many hours in. I think they've already gotten their 40 bucks out of the game, and I don't think they're entitled to a refund after uh, after that. Mm-hmm. So I, it's sort of a catch-22 in, uh, for me. There's... <laughs> I mean, I don't. There's, you know, the point of losing your character after three thousand hours. But what if losing your character six times during the three thousand hours or something like that? I mean, it's it's. Well, for me, the moment you make the new character and start putting hundreds of hours in a new character, you have accepted that character loss is something you are willing to deal with. You no longer have any right to demand a refund. Right, but prior to that, you do have a right. Maybe the first time I could see it, but. If you just rage quit the game and demand a refund because you lost the character, okay, yeah, sure, maybe I can, I, I can, I can, I don't, I don't necessarily think it rises to that, but you know, at, at the very least, you're, you, you, you are having a principled objection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree that if it's the first time a character lost and you want a refund, you should be entitled to the refund. But if you go in after the character lost and make a new one, you waive all rights to a refund. I definitely agree with that. What so let's take a step back to we're gonna go back to automobiles again. Mm-hmm. Why not? Automobiles <laughs> when purchased come with a warranty of a certain amount yes. of time and expected use. Warranty that's carefully considered to know exactly when the mechanical well, the mechanics will be prone to failure. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, at least that's something. I could, I would just look at I, I would expect the warranty on an arc uh, on an arc to say a uh, uh, warranty void upon first character transfer. <laughs> oh man! That is what I, I absolutely to say. disagree with you, Rico. I absolutely disagree with you. I'm not saying it would, I'm not saying it'd be okay for that to be be what the warranty said. I would just expect that to be what the warranty said. Right. <laughs> I mean, they know it's uh, they know it's risky. They know uh, they know their system. And to be honest, I mean, like they explained the the simplest way to fix this all the way back in one of the first podcast episodes we ever talked about transferring in. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole comparison to a bank transfer with, you know, receipts on both ends and, you know, save files of the uh, and say on a data chain stating the original value. Yes. I don't know why they haven't implemented something like that. It, it, I mean, maybe it's really complicated. I don't know. But it would seem that they should put some serious man hours into having some kind of security around the transfer. Mm hmm. I think it is complicated, but had they prioritized it and acknowledged it as a core problem, they would have had it done by now. And saved themselves a lot of headaches. Instead, they're probably saying, ah, it's too hard to fix, we'll do it later. They yeah. need to make imprints inbound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the suggestions we keep bringing up time and time now, that the account should be, yeah, account should be tagged in or hooked into your Steam account. It's not that hard, because they already have, like, skins Steam bound. They already have... Like 90% of your things Steam-bound, besides imprints. You know, Arc still has yet to have Steam cards, which is still weird to me for some reason. This big game that's pretty much almost AAA, and they don't have Steam cards. Too many bugs. Too many bugs. <laughs> All right, I think we've uh, beaten this topic to death. Let's move on to the patch notes. 279.261 came out, and uh, Moshop's damage and harvesting was buffed by 30%, negating... The 30% nerf of the patch. Uh, they introduced title limits on number of nearby cliff platforms. They fixed the bug that caused Packy Rhino Gas to give Swamp Fever. Fixed the bug causing Ascension character loss if you hadn't interacted with the terminal. And then they fixed the infinite looping chainsaw noise. See, they are fixing character <laughs> loss. <laughs> Actually, I like that they fixed that looping chainsaw. And that was annoying. That's been in there since Scorched Earth came out. And they finally fixed it. 
And only because somebody on brought it up on Reddit last week and it Altered. got put up to the front. That's finest. Yep. Well, what about the the ma shops being buffed or getting it back up to where it was supposed to be? Prior you to saw their... my Discord comment. <laughs> well, state it again. Oh, expect me to remember that. <laughs> that was like heat of the moment. Well, I think last time we talked about it, I think we kind of, well, at least I thought it was kind of over buffed to begin with. Over nerfed or what? Wait, over actually, buffed? I just combined two words there. I, I think it. We thought it was. I thought it was a little op, so I was okay with the nerf if I remember correctly. So I'm like surprised it kicked out of the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, well, so let me caveat that by saying I'm usually not the one out gathering polymers. So I was I about to say, you're never getting polymers. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even want to hear your opinion. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I certainly went off the rails a bit when they nerfed the Moshas when they made it writable and said, well, don't make it writable. Give me back the this stupid AI you've got on the thing. Let me deal with that instead. So, eh. So they finally fixed that issue. All right. So, yeah, just a few things. That was it for the patch notes. No. Once again, nothing really big or major. They're doing these little updates every, supposedly every Tuesday, but they haven't been keeping up with that for a while now. All right, so it is now time to grab hold of the shafts of our projectiles and fire the Whoa. arrows of argument down Arc Avenue. Are you sure that's how you want to say that, <laughs> that dude? Hold um, on our shaft. I warned you guys that this would be the worst one yet. I warned you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, okay, yeah, okay, I can't argue with that. You're gone. <laughs> so bows in PvP. We've got the regular bow. We've got the crossbow. we got the compound bow. Oh, that we, thing is my baby. I love we, that. Yeah, we've got arrows, trank arrows, fire arrows, grappling hooks, and metal arrows. So... I want to bring up a, a quick thing. So bow, the weight for the bow, crossbow, and compound is 7 pounds for the bow, 10 pounds for the crossbow, 12 pounds for the compound bow. I could have sworn these were a lot heavier, such as the bow was 10 pounds, the crossbow 15, and the compound was 20 or 25 pounds. Well, a stack of arrows is 20 pounds for the compound bow. Mm-hmm. But I could have sworn the bows themselves used to be a lot heavier. So anybody who remembers or agrees with me, let me know, because I don't want to be losing my mind already. It's already gone, John. It's already gone. <laughs> Shoot. Well, and you think <laughs> compound bows used to be heavier? A lot heavier, yeah. I could have sworn they were 20 pounds. I don't know. I'll have to look back at some older videos. And they're see 12. Mind. Well, maybe with the, the full... They're 12 yeah. now, but I could have sworn they used to be 20 pounds for the bow. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to do some research into that. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the bows, the pros and cons. Let's talk about the basic bow. So seven pounds, obviously. It's very cheap to make. What I love about it is that you can keep running while you're reloading. You can fire arrows rapidly. It's the so it's really good. I remember when we were fighting uh, PPG and we were hitting um, the fob of the blue obby. I was using a regular bow just to shoot fire arrows and stay on the run just to uh, harass them. So bow. yeah, and we had a, an ascendant bow blueprint that I was just crafting a thousand of and just using them over and over again with the fire arrows. So fire it, it keeps arrows you OP. Fire arrows OP. Oh yes. Um, then you compare that with the crossbow. So one of the so the pros of the crossbow is obviously it does more damage for shot. It's more durable most of the time. But um, sure. when you have to reload it, you can't run while reloading. You're going to be going at a walk, which is a major downfall. Initial impact with a fire arrow will obviously 
you know, do more damage upon impact, but the fire tick will still be the same. But with the compound, uh, the crossbow is the only one that can use grappling hooks, which is a major game changer. And then you've got the compound bow, which you use arrows, trank arrows, fire arrows, and metal arrows, which is... Can a regular bow use metal arrows? I don't think so. Nope. Nope. Okay. That's what I thought. But uh, compound bows with metal arrows. Metal arrows obviously ignore armor and are very devastating in PvP. Um, just like with the regular bow, you can run while shooting and fire arrows rapidly, compared, unlike the crossbow. So uh, which is your go-to bow compound. for PvP? Compound. compound. Yeah. It's easily compound, yeah. I, I was mediocre in PvP, and then I went to eh, good enough once I started using a compound bow. So, Yeah, but did you criticize me for making compound bows? No, I criticized uh, you for because uh, we had oh we had one that was like uh, slight uh, slight uh, slightly cheaper. Uh, it, it took a decent hit in damage, but uh, it had still about the same durability. And I thought we should have been making that one. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I well, think eventually you agreed with me because you know, you, we. I think the problem ended up being that you couldn't find the right, uh, uh, the right uh, blueprint. I remember that quite a few of the tribe thought I was crazy for using uh, making compound boats and then using them in PvP until they realized how much damage you dis- ditched dished out. Well, they were they were always expensive, so right. Well, in fact, I was just about to say that while the compounds is my go-to in a tough situation, my everyday walk around is just a crossbow. A crossbow. Mostly because of due to the defects in this game that should give me a refund, uh, it crashes <laughs> on occasion, and I'll be someplace I can't recover my kit from. <laughs> so that's the other thing. So yeah, I'll carry compound bow, but I always well in aberration. I don't technically need to, but other maps I'll also carry a crossbow with uh, grappling hooks. Obviously, already loaded in because with grappling hooks, you can grapple to an enemy dino and stay on it and kill it. Or if you get picked up, you just shoot the grapple hook into the ground and you. Instantly get out of the uh, the flyer's claws. Uh, you can use it to grapple so, a dead body to bring it over to you. Instead of exposing yourself to enemy fire. You can also use a grappling hook to weigh down enemy players or weigh down enemy dinos. If you've got a lot of weight and you're weighing yourself down. Which is which really throws people off in the middle of a fight. I know. I was just about what I love. It's really fun to watch on Twitch or PvP when uh, people do that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Is Tom. noobs that don't know about the sword... Um, oh yeah, breaking, breaking the grappling the, hook. Yeah, and so you yeah. just grapple them and take them into the fob. They die. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was having some fun the other day with that. They weren't carrying swords, so it was just like chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny, but you know, people gotta be aware of that in order for you to drag another enemy player, you've got to have more weight on your side than the enemy player you've grappled. Otherwise, they'll pull you around instead of you pulling them around which is really weird but fun to do once you get used to it so yeah compound bow i i cringe every time i see somebody use fire arrows with a compound bow is that just me oh no no it, it's op taking really? out plan x it's op yeah but i can use a crossbow the thing is it's a compound bow it's expensive to make it's expensive to repair and i don't want to waste fire arrows on a compound well, that's because bow. you're <laughs> oh my god Dude, dude, do not say that word on the on on, on podcast. <laughs> okay, I didn't do anything. You started. It... I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, like, Tay? Well, just I mean, to your point, it, it cost is a factor. If cost mm-hmm. isn't a factor, you're gonna go with whatever works.
works the best. Right. It's about the number. I of think shopping. for a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys that are, are raiding, are cost is not a factor. Well, that's because usually most of them aren't doing the farming. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I've seen some PvP builds where uh, someone will carry two crossbows, one for compound bows, and then one for usually I think fire arrows for the most part. Uh, not compound crossbows, I mean. Sorry, which I always thought was interesting. Now, I mean, when's the last time you guys used regular arrows? What do you mean, in a PvP like stone fight? Yeah, regular stone arrows. Never. <laughs> um, what about trank arrows in a PvP fight? It's every now and then I'll <laughs> use them just to see if uh, just to knock out an enemy player. I've tried. It depends how many are on. It depends mm -hmm. how many are on. Yeah, I never have luck with that. If you're I've like tried. outnumbered, and the easiest thing is to do just knock out one person and cage them up. So yeah. it's less numbers. I was gonna say because. If you're having a tough time killing your opponent, you might want to switch it up to either Trank Arrows or um, Trank Darts or even Shock Darts. If you can get that initial hit, chances are you're going to knock them out with the, at the very least with a Trank Dart or a Trank um, or a Shock Dart. But Trank Arrows are a little tougher because they don't do as much torpor, but I think they still do enough to quickly knock you out because you only need, what, 50 torpor and you're out cold? Uh, yeah. So yeah, oh, I watched this been... one video the other mm -hmm. day. This guy used an electric prod. Like, oh yeah, we those are in the game. But you rarely see them. It's because they're a one hit. Yeah, you get one shot to use it, and then it breaks. But yeah. they're super effective. Oh yeah, we had what at least a couple vaults full of uh, electric prods to use in a PvP fight back in our uh, alpha days, and we had people who just loved using exclusively the the prods. To take people out. I think we use them more on each other than anything else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. So uh, I don't know. As a new tribe, obviously you're gonna have to be using the crow, the bow, and the crossbow. But how quickly do you recommend people go for that crossbow for taming and fighting? So on you get crossbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crossbow. Yeah, as soon as you get one. Yeah. Is that? I would assume that's a priority then. Oh yeah. Crossbow. Yeah. Skip the bow and go right to the crossbow. <laughs> I let's see. When I started back up on the new officials, I was using the bow to kill alphas. What I would do is I would be on a boat, have them follow me out to the boat, and while they're in the water, I'd be shooting them down and killing them with the stone arrows and a bow because you were there for hours. You had no life. Oh no, it didn't take long for me to kill them. You'd be surprised how quickly I actually, I actually witnessed him doing this, and I was surprised at how effectively he was able to pull in alphas and just mm -hmm. get their um, gear. I'm very good with the bow. At least you're good with something. Nah. <laughs> I was about to yeah, say yeah. that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I believe it, and it seems the others believe it as well. So that must mean it's true. <laughs> so uh, let's let's go with the the compound bow. So obviously, because it dishes out so much damage and quickly tear down dinos, you want to really work on that. But you definitely want to use your traps in conjunction with the compound bow whenever you can, right? Whether it's plant wise for the smaller dinos and players, or large bear traps for the larger dinos, just to stop them. Keep them in place so you can easily compound bow them to death. I think it's a movement speed or movement speed. Yeah, but yeah, true because you can still run while you're shooting and reloading. But so, with the game and the speed, they don't always work hand in hand. Just to put this in context for a new player, though, what is the cost of a primitive compound? Pretty cheap. Uh, let me check. 
Um, 75 cementing pace, 85 ingots, 95 polymer. Super. For a new yeah, try that... and small players, it's pretty expensive. I, well, I think within a couple of days, if you're a single player, you could get that. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can hit up the beam real quick. You can hit that first day. The metal arrows themselves are expensive as well because that's yeah. The what? metal arrows are expensive. Three thatch, because... three fiber, three metal ingots, one cement and base, one I think polymer. Largely, the, the how yeah. expensive is largely depends on how much you know where to go to get the stuff. If you're right. brand new and you really don't know where to go to get the stuff, it's going to be really expensive. Mm-hmm. If you're well, going yeah. to a new sir new and starting over and you've done this all before, eh? True. Which is why I recommend you know really practicing with traps to utilize to immobilize your enemy so that you don't have to waste compound your bow, the durability of your compound bow, or lose metal arrows. Because you can recover those from the bodies of your dead enemies most of the time. I think that's still kind of buggy because I was just in the cave. It is. It is kind of buggy. That and like you would see the metal arrows in mm-hmm. the body and you'd yeah. walk over it and maybe get one of the five. It's like, come I on. I think it's, there's also a time limit of like five or ten seconds after it hits you shoot it where you're more likely to de-spawn. recover them from gra- uh, from the ground or dinosaurs than you are from stone mm-hmm. yeah but yeah um there's been so many fights where we personally used just regular bows and crossbows for fighting and those are some good times again though with fire arrows that's the thing that makes for me yes because for whatever reason, I think it's 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 just an instinctual thing. When your creature's on fire, people tend to overreact. They freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psychological warfare. When you see your little baby argent getting flamed up, turning into barbecue, you freak out. I more freak out and when it starts hungry. to turn red. <laughs> so yeah, bows, great for PvP, a lot of fun. But it does take practice, especially since uh, they do have a limited range. Not far you can shoot them, unlike. Uh... But I'll say this: you get yourself an ascendant regular bow and fire arrows, and you can harass the hell out of anyone. Oh yeah, and it really, really is worth doing the drop hunts, especially for those blueprints for the uh, normal bow, regular bow, because, like Rio said, you you put an ascendant bow with some flame arrows, you're gonna get a lot of kills. I mean, we we joined a server for one day to harass some people. I brought one of our, a couple of our good boat OS with us, a bunch one. of arrows. We didn't even bring anything back. We just left everything behind because oh yeah, it's a sentence bow. What 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 it cost? We had to go out with a uh, I went out with a bear and a uh, uh, beaver for about ten minutes and made five of them. <laughs> That's unofficial life, there, but that is no no. This life. was on uh, official. This was official. Uh, if I was on unofficial, I would have to... made a hundred of them in ten minutes. <laughs> we went over to uh, official server one when it was being in one of the big attacks when the server was being wiped by the Chinese, and uh, Rico, myself, and uh, one other person took well, a. It was a. Uh, it was one. It was uh, Ganwar. We were with Ganwar. Ganwar, over yes, there at the time. yes. Uh, we built a wooden raft. We we really were going in with not really spending much on this server. Brought in, uh, uh, we several nearly hundred... killed one of their Quetzals and took out one of, one of their uh, Brontos, I think. Mm-hmm. And we did we we caused a lot of damage to all their downs, but they kept oh, moving yeah. them. And like maybe, ha- and we were only we were only actually in combat for maybe half an hour before we decided, mm-hmm. yeah, this server's too laggy. We're out. Oh, it was so laggy. You know, that's the question I need to ask the readers and listeners. Readers, yeah, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody still notice any improvement in server performance since the turret update went through? I know we asked this uh, shortly after it happened, and people were saying that there was a slight improvement in the ping or latency. 
But overall, from what I can see from the large fights, that really hasn't changed much. So that's something we need to try and keep up with. But uh, I think it I think it helped on day to day, but it yeah. can't really cope with the mass combat situations. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Ooh, to... idea. Flame arrow <laughs> turret. Ooh. So uh, that that so before we end this segment, I wanted to ask. Should we have some other kinds of arrows or some kind of additional change to the bows or some new addition? Well, um, I think an explosive bolt would be nice. Explosive? That'd yeah, that's come up. What about a, a tr- not a trank, but a, you know the narc traps we can make? What about putting one of those onto an arrow shooting at somebody? Oh, that'd be fun. A smoke arrow would be cool. Smoke arrow, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another good idea. I like that a lot. I mean, there's so much that can still be done with the bows and... The projectiles they can be used, but Wildcard has pretty much left them alone for a very long time now. Compound bow was obviously the last thing added with metal arrows, and for the most part, so there hasn't been any change there. And I think uh, Wildcard needs to refocus on those weapons. I don't know. Like I think we've kind of talked about this in the past, but I don't think we're going to be seeing any new content in the base game from uh, Wildcard. To be honest, at least not for a while. Yeah, they're going to be there's. Working on that new DLC, as far as I'm aware. When that'll happen, I don't know. Originally, it was supposed to be out by now. I, I thought that it was supposed to be out in, like, June or July. No, so originally it was supposed to be out in March, was the original date they gave last year. And then before the year closed, they pushed it back. Now we don't know when it's coming out, or expected to come out. My bet is it'll be towards the end of the year. All right, um, before we go, ARC listeners, I've got a, a poll going up. And this is, uh, what dino should Odin use for Alpha Rockwell boss fight? And uh, the poll has for choices the Doed, the Iguanodon, the Moshops, or the Parasaur. <laughs> There'll be a link to the poll. I, I, shout I really want to do a Doed. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really wants to take one of these dinos into the Rockwell boss fight, Alpha bo- boss, Rockwell boss fight, and see if he can survive with that dino. Um, I think we're going to try and record it if possible. We'll post it if possible. But uh, he wants people to vote because he's having a hard time deciding on which of these dinos to bring to the boss fight. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> if we could have a Fiomia or something on Aberration, we'd choose a Fiomia. Or if a Dodo was rideable, we would choose a Dodo. <laughs> rideable Dodos, Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. Only um, Rico gets that. <laughs> uh, as a reminder, Arc Avenue is a new segment where you guys can ask us Arc-related questions and ask us for advice, which we'll always be happy to talk and dish out if possible. So it is time to close out episode 87 of the Archaeology Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on, on YouTube and iTunes. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Or rate and review us on iTunes. So goodbye and stay alive, Survivor. And oh yeah, I come back and there's a uh, Reaper, or there's a 150 Reaper Queen living inside of one of my pens, <laughs> burrowing through the the, the foundations because you know. Hey, Foundations a- don't do anything, apparently. That's a lie. We know for a fact they can't drill through a foundation. Which makes it even more weird that she was just living in there.
She couldn't get out, but she killed a bunch of my stuff, so. <laughs> That's why you have turret towers set on uh, dinos. It's oh, PVE server. my base is surrounded by lightning towers that are supposed to attack them. It's just, you know, Reaper Queens. Unless you have something ca casting charge light, really doesn't matter how much firepower you put on them. Right. Jeez. All right. I'll, let's get this started. Everybody ready? Yep. Al, Altadine? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this uh, week's episode of the podcast. Are we doing this again? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I know you tried. That's why I waited for a second longer. All this talking about Ark really has me wishing I could actually play Ark right now.